millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Liam. You're probably wondering, what do me and Cadbury Snack Sandwich have in common? Well, we're both wonderfully ordinary. Like right now, I'm doing some gardening and listening to my favourite radio show. How wonderfully ordinary is that? Cadbury Snack Sandwich. The purple snack. A wonderfully ordinary biscuit with just a delicious layer of Cadbury chocolate sandwiched between two shortcake squares. Available in a store near you. What are the ingredients for a perfect telenovela? Obviously, you need twins, a rich one, and a not-so-rich one. You need a terrible accident and mistaken identity. Throw in a charming prince, a cruel stepmother, and a father with dark secrets. Oh, and don't forget the nun. Wait, there's a nun? This show has all that and much more. Princess of South Beach, a telenovela like you've never heard it before. Listen to Princess of South Beach on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a year since my sister Callie died. Now I can't sleep because every time I close my eyes, Callie's there to wake me up. The insomnia's gotten so bad, I'm not sure what's real anymore. There's a shadow living inside my head. It's angry, and I don't think I can stop it. My name is Harper Hart, and I'll see you in your nightmares. Journey into your own subconscious and listen to See You in Your Nightmares now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Ariel. So, quick update on Vice News reports. We're currently cooking up something really special for you. Something that you're not going to want to miss next week. That means that this week we have something a little different for you. We're going to play an episode from another Vice podcast called Source Material. It's a really innovative series that takes you straight to the source, using recordings gathered by everyday people living through extraordinary events, all without a host. This is pure first-person narrative, all the way. The episode you're about to hear takes you inside an uprising that happened at Ware State Prison in Georgia this August, and it gives you a sense of what it was like to experience it in real time. One last note. This episode has some recordings that are lower quality than what we would usually air, but you can definitely still understand what's going on. And trust me, it is well worth the listen. So stick around. Anybody can get us some help, man. We need some help, man. These folks trying to, they don't shot, run, side, shot, run, the leg, four head, eight, ten, man. We need some help. Free up, man. Free us, man. This shit not no game, not playing, man. Our brothers are shot. They need medical ass
Man, don't fuck know what's going on. Hey, y'all fuck no, I ain't never went live on no shit like that, man. No. Y'all call the news. Y'all call the news. Call the world. Fuck y'all. Two people just got shot. I'm brother just got shot. By the police. By the police. I call that friend though. They coming now. They coming now. They coming back now. They coming back. They coming back. They coming News, you're listening to source material. Unnarrated, unfiltered, world events told through the recordings of those who lived it. Episode 5 The Ware State Prison Riot. Uh, good evening, folks. James Burchett here, your uh, house rep for District 176. Um, as I'm sure everyone is aware now, uh, or by now, that uh, we had a uh, uh, prison riot out at Ware State Prison this um, this weekend. And uh, so just want to give uh, the most current update uh, that I can. Um, as of now, uh, I got a report from the Department of Corrections and from the hospital that uh, a total of seven people were treated um, from the event uh, this uh, past weekend. I'm told that a golf cart was burned and several windows were smashed out. I want everybody to remember. I saw the same live videos everybody else saw and nobody's saying that, uh, um, that those things didn't happen. I'm Riley Brown, and I am a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh Bradford, and I am a native to Ware County. Waycross is known as we're a pretty decently sized city in Georgia. We don't have anything that really puts us on the map. You know, like we have the Okefenokee Swamp, and besides that, like we don't really have anything that's either trouble or history. We just don't really have anything. The prison is over there by the industrial side of town. But I remember that night, I jumped on Facebook because we have a, there's two or three community Facebook pages for Waycross Ware County. And I started seeing these posts, like going around by several friends of mine on Facebook um, about something that was going on at the prison. Just like, hey, watch out if you live by the prison. Anybody know what's going on at the prison? Update on the prison. And a lot of, like, I started texting all my friends, especially those who lived closer to the prison than I even did. And I was like, hey, what is going on at the prison? And I had one of my friends say, there's cops coming all around the prison. And I didn't know why. So that was when, like, I started, um, you know, clicking different <laughs> different names, trying to figure out what was going on. Either that was a Facebook Live. I saw one or two that were from TikTok. Like, they were just everywhere. We need y'all to contact everybody. The news, all the news. Y'all know they ain't supposed to shoot us unless we on their dick, man. Y'all keep sharing this shit, man. This shit need to go viral, man. Keep taking CNN, man. Call whoever, man. CNN. We need all this shit on the phone. Call everybody, man. 
These folks been short staffed anyway. They weren't supposed to be running this shit like this anyway, man. They're abandoning their posts. They're abandoning their posts and all they left us in this motherfucker, man. The first video I saw is actually the first video that I posted on my Twitter thread. Don't lie, man. This shit dead for real, man. We need medical assistance. Anybody can Google some shit and tell her how to got down. Get brother with these bullet wounds, you know, man. Don't fall really shadow, man. I looked at the video and it was really dark and you couldn't see much, but you could just see blood. And so there's another video and you can actually see light and you see there's blood everywhere on the inmate. Get us some help, man. We need some help, man. These folks trying to, they don't shot run side, shot run the leg, forehead, and chin, man. We need some help, man. I hold that bullet ain't still inside you, bro. And he's crying out in pain, and someone tied some type of fabric around his leg to try and stem the bleeding. You hear the blaring alarm in the background over and over and over again, and you hear the slamming of doors. They turned around, and I there was just blood everywhere on the floor. There was um, there was the sweat on his face, like everything just led, I just started crying. I literally felt like I was going to puke. It's a winning, he shot in his side, man. It's a gunshot in his side, man. Little brother, he got eternal bleeding, man. He shot in his leg and he got hit in the forehead, man. We need some help in this motherfucker, man. Tag everybody out there. Everybody on camera, man. Waycrawl, man. Yeah, yeah Waycrawl. Yeah, well State, man. Well State Prison, man. man we, need, we need this shit to go for real. These white folks not playing with us, man. These folks trying to kill us. We all stand now. So I screen that video, and there's a third video, and it was people running uh, in the prison. You can tell that there's a lot of people there, but because of the lack of light, you can't really tell how many people are there. You can make out the kind of underlying sense of panic. There, there's a lot of movement, either people walking, stumbling, running. Say, I was at least midnight, a little past midnight, and my mom, I walked into um, my mom's room, and she was like, what's wrong? And I showed her the video, and I remember the look of fear in her eyes, and she was, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. And I looked at her, and I remember saying, Mom, I know you don't want to see it, but we have to see it. And you have people talking about how they've, the inmates have been complaining for weeks, and no one had listened. So I think by screen recording these videos and sharing them and all that, it was just a kind of a last ditch effort. I actually, but I screen recorded a bunch of them. A lot of people in the community did. And that's kind of where I started when I started posting about everything on Facebook. I want to say a, a big thank you to the Department of Corrections, Georgia State Patrol. So the next morning I had our local uh, house representative James Burchette, he's the House Representative for District 176 for Waycross. James posted a video on his Facebook. Um, one of the things that, that is just, just drives me completely bonkers is that uh, 
some folks out there would have you believe that these inmates were, you know, um, you know, reading hymnals and, and singing God's praise, and, and, and then the officers just came in and, and started uh, abusing them. And that's just not the case. I think that... Uh, and he, it was a Facebook Live, and, you know, he was telling everyone that he was in contact with Sheriff Royal and that he was talking to him about the prison riot and everything else going on. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to serve this district with, with the... Uh, the law enforcement that has the courage to go in there and and, and put these things down. Um, that's what happened. Those are the facts. Um, some of these folks out here have this alternative agenda to, you know, have you believe that. Well, I don't know what they want you to believe. They just want you to believe that uh, the prisoners were, you know, sitting there singing Kumbaya and these, these folks came in and caused them to riot. Um, the, um, and I, I guess that's like what's hard for me about describing these, just knowing what was being reported to us, the citizens, it doesn't match what you're seeing in the video. Again, it's always a pleasure and it's an honor to serve you as your district rep uh, in District 176. I appreciate you and uh, I thank you. I was asleep. I was asleep. I was knocked out. And my, um, one of my friends, she was like, Tamara, she, she, everybody was calling me at two o'clock in the morning, but I was asleep. So first thing I got up, they were like, Tamara, where had a riot? You need to check on Frederick. My name is Tamara McIntyre and Frederick McIntyre is my husband. I live in Daytona beach. And, um, I think the Georgia line is like, um, 120 miles away from my house. So my husband is incarcerated in Ware, Ware State Prison. That's in Waycross, Georgia. My husband has been in Ware State Prison for the past 18 months. I drive from Florida, from Florida to Waycross to go visit him. He was up for parole in July, but they told him that they denied his parole. So now I have to deal with this whole prison thing for another four years. My husband's a strong dude. He's been in this system for 20 years, and he's, like, determined not to let this system break him and turn him into a monster. He holds up a good front for me, and I'm doing the same for him. I'm his voice. I haven't been able to visit Frederick since March 12th when they closed down for COVID. Look, I spend, like, $40 to $50 a week on phone calls, depending on what he's going through. Our, our calls are in 15-minute increments. I talked to him the night before. He called me on the blue phone. He was like, man, everybody's getting antsy. And I didn't even know if anything was going on. And he was like, oh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. But tomorrow never came because they had the riot. And I asked him, I said, when I finally did talk to him, I said, what happened? Why did you guys get into it? He said, he said it was a bound to happen. One of the um, other wives or girlfriends hit me up on Facebook and told me that was what was going on. And then I watched some of it. I couldn't watch it all. This looked like mayhem. It looked like something off of a movie. Um, there was there was fire. 
There was um, inmates running around. There was smoke. It looked like a war, a war zone. It it looked like a war zone. They just stabbed they been in the face, man. They might kill me. They just stabbed me. They stabbed When the two guys were sitting there bloody, I had to turn it off. When your loved one is in something like that, it's hard. It's real hard to watch. It's trying. It makes you sad. It makes you worry for your loved one. You just hope they don't get caught up in somebody else's bad day. And my husband did say the night of the riot, when they started everything, he was in the shower, and they just busted in his dorm and started shooting, and he got shot in the back with a rubber bullet. You have to have a strong stomach to watch something like that. Our folks that, uh, our correctional officers go out there and they risk their lives on a day-to-day basis. This is a testament to how much they do risk. Um, you, they're out there, uh, you know, putting their self in between the bad guys and us. And again, these guys at this prison in, at Ware State, these are all bad guys. These are, these are the worst of the worst because one of their roles is to make sure these inmates stay in line, but another role as I see it is to make sure these inmates stay in there and away from all of, all of the families and good citizens of uh, Ware County and District 176. They keep them, they're the guys, that's the thin blue line that's standing between you and them. We'll be right back. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We've all had time to think, to figure stuff out, what we like and don't like about our jobs, our careers. Maybe you don't want to go back to the office or that four-hour commute. Or maybe you never want to work from home again. At Irish Jobs, we believe everyone should be free to choose the job that fits their lives. Whether you want to step up, step down, or even try something completely new. Choose the life that you want. Visit irishjobs.ie Hey Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. 
Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I learned when it was happening. I, you know, it's a very tight knit uh, group of coworkers. You know, once you work at a place like that, I mean, you 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 gain a lot of uh, friends over the years, and you become basically a family. My name is Lamar Eason, and my connection to where State is. I was employed there as a correction officer. I left two weeks before the riot. I want to be honest with you. I love my job as a correction officer. I loved it. I believed I, I, I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn, but I believed I was easy to talk to with the inmates with their concerns. Because you have some officers out there who just sit there all day and don't really help them with their issues. There's some inmates out there that are really just trying to get, trying to do their time and go home. We're a state prison. We're a close security prison, and it takes approximately at least at the bare minimum 37 correction officers to run shift and when i left we were down to nine and ten officers a day he said it was a bound to happen he said that night they only had eight officers on um shift and that's why everything got out of control because that's like running the school you you, you got 15 classrooms and five teachers and i basically told myself that I wasn't going to be the last man standing. There was a bunch of unsafe protocols being broken. Probably, I'd say, around a year of voicing our concerns. Uh, nothing was getting done. And we was breaking more policies and procedures by the day. It usually takes two officers at the bare minimum to run one building. And as one officer runs the control room who pops the doors for you, uh, is in control of all the, the doors in the building, and then there's what we call a floor officer. Well, it became so short that they dissolved the control room officers to where it was just floor officers working the buildings. And even then, it became to the point where it was one floor officer working three to four buildings. And they advised us to, uh, you know, start carrying the keys in our pockets. And basically, that's against uh, policies and procedures in almost every prison in the state of Georgia. Oh, yeah, I understand how that works. Yeah, because I, I used to be an officer. When I was an officer, we didn't have no weapons. All we had was a clipboard, a radio, and a pen. I ain't have no keys on me at any time. That was the start of the, wait a minute, uh, what's going on here? Why, why are we doing this? This is not safe at all for anybody. It's not safe for the officers, the staff, the inmates, none of us. When I was there, I, I would see, yeah, two or three cells that inmates had access to where they can get in and out anytime they please. And after they took over the building, they took over, you know, they took over the officers that were in there, and all they had to do was grab their keys and they had access to all the other buildings. They didn't need to tamper with the lock. They just pressed the button. See, the riot wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just one thing that, that set it off. I think it took me three weeks 
to a month to talk to him, physically talk to him. And he sent me a letter, let me know he was okay. But he was like, everything they're doing there is wrong. It's against policy. And he was just like, man, you need to tell somebody about this. I think a lot had to do with the state took away their visitation rights. That probably had a lot to do with it. And they started putting people with COVID in the dorms and locking them up with people who weren't. They weren't segregating the COVID from the non-COVID. By the time we was able to come up with a system, it was around April. So we had a late start, which was bad. And I, and I know I'm not the only correction officer out there that, that believes that the state handled the coronavirus poorly. The inmates can see that too. And so that was a lot of the unrest. The murder was another thing. Maybe a week and a half before this riot took place, there was a murder. Numerous amount of minutes went by that this inmate was laying on the floor pretty much dying out from his injuries. And there was no one to basically give him medical attention. And you're only months into the year and you have 13 murders in Georgia. 13 murders, see what I'm saying? A short staff with no movement is the straw that broke the camel's back. COVID, short staff, and the murder is what started that riot. And when they would come out and call it a minor disturbance, it, was, it, it made a lot of officers out there that I thought too angry to call what happened in the situation they were in minor. You know, there was people's lives at risk. The Department of Corrections will tell you outside the fence all day long that it sunshines and butterflies and, and pretty daisies inside the prison. But if those cell phone footages of what was really going on never came across the eyes of the public, then there was no way. There's been numerous times where they would sweep things under the rug. But when so many people seen what was happening, there was no way they could really, they had to acknowledge it. You know what I'm saying? Their number one job is to protect and serve the public. And when you see something like that happening on Facebook Live, do you really feel safe? And I believe there should be changes made. And I believe the changes start from the top all the way down to the bottom. If you go to prison in Georgia, it's a death sentence all the way around, all the way around for the officers and the inmates. Somebody needs to be held accountable. See, people think people go to prison and, and all they're doing is, is um, sitting there and everything is hunky-dory. They're sitting in their cells. They're separated from the community. No, these guys are in there fighting for their lives. It's like if I go in there for theft and, I, and they give me 10 years, for 10 years I'm fighting for my life. It's craziness, and it's hard to watch. It's hard to deal with. So I'm glad it got out there. I'm glad that these people are seeing it. August 4, two, it's two-day August 4. Time is 1.12, as they say on the clock out there. You probably can't see it, so I'm going to try to zoom me. Most of the time, like, when you see videos and stuff like that, it's because they have contraband phones. Right now, it's a statewide... They're trying to clean it up. They're trying to clean up their prisons with contraband because the phones are contraband. And that's how um, we're all finding out this. 
because they are getting phones in. Because if they had their way, we wouldn't know none of this. And and the phones are helping more than they are hurting. The videos and photos are holding the the administration accountable. It's holding the GDC accountable. This is what you get. This is what you get. Now, there's not going to be change if people don't start talking about it. It needs the awareness needs to be raised on what was going on, what is going on. A lot of the law enforcement in Waycross County and city like to brush things under the rug. So I think a lot of it was to make sure it wouldn't be brushed under the rug. But also, I think it was just kind of a moment where we could be like, see, so there's proof. No water. There's no water. We press the panic button. We don't have no, like, this is the panic button. I can hear help. Officer! Officer! I need help! Officer! I need help! We have no response. Girl, they probably ain't gonna let me come to visitation no more. <laughs> They're gonna be mad at me. They're gonna be mad at me. I don't care. You wanna get rid of me? Brett send my husband home to me in one piece, alive and kicking. You want me to shut up? Send me my husband. And then I'll make a decision if I wanna shut up then or there, because I gotta help the others. 
Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path, where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Vice News did not receive a response for comment from the Georgia Department of Corrections. Previously, the GDC and where state representatives claimed inmates are receiving meals and showers each day. Maintenance staff is checking every cell for damages and additional staff has been assigned to the prison to help with operation. Where state did not confirm the number of correctional officers on the night of the unrest or how COVID-19 spread through the prison. Source material is a multimedia project. Go to Vice's YouTube page to see our source material video series, directed by Invel. Source material is primarily made with the help of those who lived these events. The podcast is produced by Nicole Kelly and Peter Langstanton, and edited by Kate Osborne. Our associate producer is Stephanie Brown. Original score and sound design by Steve Bone and Kyle Murdoch. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. If you dig this, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Looking for the sexiest new job? Or maybe the techiest? Or the chefiest? Or perhaps the salesiest? We have them all and more on Ireland's jobsiest job site, jobs.ie, where 90% of jobs advertised end in a hire. So it's the savviest place to search too. With smart technology that matches your CV with the career you're looking for, just register today and download our app to find your dreamiest job. Jobs.ie, the jobsiest job site. Hi, this is Allie Wentworth, host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. He told me you chased him with a butcher knife (laughs) and tried to cut off his penis, but that's his version and everybody has a different Everybody has two two sides of every story. Exactly. All new episodes of Go Ask Allie release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Allie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's so much going on in Latin America. In Colombia, demonstrations against proposed tax reforms have turned into countrywide protests. It can be confusing. Health authorities across Latin America are battling a rise in coronavirus infections. That's where El Hilo, a Spanish language podcast from Radio Ambulante Studios and Vice News, comes in. Cuando un edificio se cae, no perdona. Cuando tú vives en una dictadura, ¿qué opciones tienes si eres oposición? O la cárcel o el exilio. Listen to El Hilo every Friday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.